Errol. How's it going? Doing very well. How are you doing today? I am good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. You have created your own verse, your own world, and, and, and it starts with that book cover. Please tell me that you had a lot to do with that cover because it excites the imagination. Oh, I wish I could take any credit for it. It's just the amazing work of the artist, and she did such a wonderful job. It's really, it's, it's hypnotic. Do you find yourself getting the artwork done first, or is it after you've you know, created the story and brought it to life? I think in the case of this book, the artwork was kind of happening as I was writing the book, so it was really inspirational just to see it come together for the cover, and, and that fed into the, the prose itself. So it was, it was kind of really collaborative. So to go from being a fan first to actually physically writing a story that you've now released out to us who love Marvel books, I mean, it's like this, this had to have been one hell of a journey for you. Yeah, it was a thrill. I mean, I have vivid memories of picking up my first Spider-Man comic as a kid, like maybe seven, six or seven years old. And, you know, now I'm watching my own six or seven, my seven-year-old son uh, read Spider-Man comics. So it's really been, you know, yeah, coming full circle in many ways. But, you know, being able to add to the mythos is so exciting. Yeah, and, and the continuity of it all. I mean, I bet you have to do a ton of research because you, you know how those Marvel fans are. They, they want it their way. Yeah, no, I mean, it helped to be a fan, but obviously I had to do, I, I went back and reread some of my favorite Spider-Man 2099 books and some of Aranya's key appearances, but I also wanted to just evoke the iconic version of these characters, so it, it doesn't really cancel anything that came before or or negate anything, but it, it fits in pretty seamlessly, I think, as well. I love the way that you, you, you place the book in inside the year 2099. For you to yeah. envision that and now sell it to us as the reader, how, how did you bring that world to life? I think the, the key for me was to read, you know, the past interpretations of 2099 mm -hmm. and especially the, the Spider-Man adventures and see, see what, what they got right in terms of what the future held, but also uh, add in my own little predictions for what I thought where things are going in, you know, under the umbrella of the Spider-Man story. So that was, that was neat. And, you know, you always, you always want to present a compelling and interesting future. You know, when it comes to, to Marvel, we always think of the comic books. Your, your book is all words. So you, to me, you step right into that world where the imagination has got to get its own interpretation and follow that story along. Thank you. Yeah, I think when you're writing comics, you, you get to collaborate with the artist who, who brings your words to visual life. And mm -hmm. with a novel, the, the responsibility is on the author to give the reader those little cues for what they can create, you know, in their mind's eye. So that was, that was interesting, you know, being a comic fan and having read a lot of Spider-Man comics as a fan and also written my own fair share. Um, it was interesting to, to do that. The subliminal message here is the uh, Ar Arana, uh, a Brooklyn teen, realizes new strength, new abilities. And I think that readers are going to go, I want to know what my hidden strengths are. What can I discover about myself? Yeah, the story, Aranya, Spider-Man 2099, Dark Tomorrow, is about, it's a coming-of-age story for Aranya. Mm -hmm. She discovers these abilities and learns to balance, you know, the, the demands of teenage and high school life. And how do, you, how do you do that when you have this other added responsibility? And I think that's really relatable. Even, you know, even though we live in a world, unfortunately, where we don't have spider abilities, we, we all have our own kind of hidden responsibilities that we have to carry out. So I think that's really something that readers can connect to. Don't you think in a really cool way we all think we can fly like Spider-Man? All we, all we have to have is just a little bit of ability. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, it was really a huge moment for me as a kid to pick up Spider-Man 2099 and see another Latinx character as Spider-Man. And I think that's, 
that's the core of Spider-Man, that it's very relatable and we can all connect to that character in different ways. And I think that's the, this book... Uh, really shows that. Oh my God, you bring up it's such a great point because we are we are in this generation that has had so many different Spider Mans, and and the thing is though is that we're accepting the Spider Verse. We we want that. We we it's almost like we're commanding it. Yeah, I mean the Spider Verse uh, reflects the world. It's it's diverse. It's welcoming. It's it's so many different characters doing different things, and I think this book is really an example of that in terms of a novel. It, it showcases these characters in, in fun ways and how they play off each other and how they're they're part of this bigger tapestry of characters. So, did you go through a split personality change when you when you invited two Spider Verse heroes together in the same story? Uh, I wouldn't say with split personality. I think it was just an opportunity to showcase these two characters in very different points in their "quote unquote" superhero career, and but also showing you can you can learn from from other characters. No matter how old you are, no matter what point you are in your life or your career, Aranya's starting out and definitely in need of a mentor. But yeah. she also brings a lot of experience and excitement, and that's what re-energizes Miguel Spider-Man twenty ninety nine who. When you start the book, you realize he's quit. He's given up the, the role of, of Spidey 2099, and so he, he gets reactivated just by seeing this young character doing the things that he, used, he has now kind of taken for granted. Well, see, I totally understand that, because in the everyday world, I mean, we see that all the time, where mentors, you know, are like, you know, we feel like that we're washed up, but then all of a sudden somebody finds interest in something that you know about, boom, it's, it's all over again. Here we go. Yeah, you're like, oh, wow, this is why I love what I do, and this is why this is important to me, and this is why I'm needed. I mean, she basically shows him, you're Spider-Man. Yeah. People are counting on you. Yeah. So. Do, do you, when, you, when you write a story like this, do you see real people when you're writing, or are they animated figures? Um, you know, in the case of this, where it's a comic, you know, comic book characters in a different medium of mm -hmm. prose, I visualize them as I experience them as a reader, whereas, you know, with my own kind of crime novels, I'll, I'll cast people in my mind yeah. yeah yeah all right do you find yourself going to some comic cons i do yeah i go to i, I usually go to san diego comic-con yeah. new york comic-con I'm, I'm doing a show called terrificon in connecticut in july so yeah i try to get out there and really meet up with the fans and it, the excitement is kind of what keeps you going as a creator it's a universe all its own isn't it it really is it's fantastic just the, the pure fandom and joy that these these readers bring to the experience is, is, is wonderful. Well, now that you're part of that circle and you continue to grow with this circle as, as, as a writer, how does that change you in the way of, so that you, you know, it's, it's like a, when, when a Fleetwood Mac released rumors, you know, th their biggest yeah. challenge was to make sure that they didn't make another rumors. How do you go and keep growing with, with that possibility of, of, you know, the, the changing of the story? I think you, you balance the wonder, like it's, it's mm. the huge wonder of adding to this great universe and being a part of this, but also the responsibility. You're, you're, you're taking these characters that are beloved and have been around for so long, and you're adding to it. And I think you want to do that fairly and also do it in a way that respects everything that came before, but also brings your voice into it. And I think that's, that's the challenge, but that's, all, that's the fun of it, too. So what happened in your writing space when, when you knew in your heart, okay, that's it. I've now, I've now finished the story. I need to send it to my editor. Was, was it a grand moment? It just felt really important. It yeah. felt like, you know, I've gotten this great opportunity to write these characters that I love as a reader. That, you know, you, you know and it's the same thing when I wrote a Star Wars novel, that you get to add this little note to kind of this orchestral movement of story. And so it's, it's, really, it's really amazing. And it's something I'll really cherish as a, as a writer. 
See, that's what I love about what you're doing with these stories, with Star Wars as well as Spider-Man, is that, you know, being out here at, when you first receive it and then to become a part of it, there, there, there are so many young adults that are sitting in their rooms that, that have stories and ideas for books like this, but they don't set them free. They just hide them underneath their bed. Yeah, I think for me as a reader, it was really important to read stories with characters that I could relate to. And so I keep that in mind as a writer, that somewhere out there, there are kids or younger readers uh, at that age who are experiencing these stories. And, and I would just suggest, you know, tell those stories, you know, be, be engaged and, and open your mind to, you know, adding to these kind of legendary stories. In putting this book together, did you write it out long form or were you right there on that computer? Oh, my handwriting is too terrible. I had to type it up. I'm a lefty, so. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I typed it up. I'm an outliner, so I, I crafted the outline and kind of built from there. And, um, yeah, that's how it came to be. Well, do you agree with the term that uh, lefties are usually more creative than righties? Oh, I don't know. I think that's just kind of like a generalization. I think there's so many creative people out there. I, I don't think you can just put them into buckets like that. <laughs> how about a story that puts you inside of a Spider-Man adventure? Me personally, and the actual Spider-Man. Oh yeah, I mean that—that's like that'd be like a like one of these little murder mystery books. I want to put the author up on that on that stand and ask them questions about the crime. Just like we. Well, would, you know what's funny? I think that's what really makes the Spider characters so compelling is that they're relatable to readers. I know as a kid reading Peter Parker stories in yeah. high school, I was like, oh yeah, he's he's like this bookish kid like me, and I could really <laughs> connect with him. And then to think he puts on this Spider-Man costume and swings around and saves the day—that's really. That's a huge, huge idea for kids to, to embrace, and I think that's what keeps them connected to these characters. So what's next, or can you talk about that? Yeah, next for me in terms of books is Alter Ego, which is a sequel to Secret Identity, which was my comic book murder mystery that came out last year and, and won the LA Times Book Prize, and that comes out, Alter Ego comes out summer next year. To become a writer, people have to grow into that pair of shoes. When did you know that you were a storyteller? I think at a really young age, you know, when I was reading comics, reading stuff like Sherlock Holmes yeah. and science fiction, I would start kind of coming up with my own ideas. I think as a kid, you, you're like, okay, this is a story, but what if this happened? I didn't realize until much later that that's what writing is. You know, you're creating your own stories. But at a very young age, I was thinking about the idea of adding to these kind of uh, mythologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just amazing that you've got this book just in time as we get closer and closer to the summer months because kids need yeah. something to read. Yeah, and I hope they enjoy it. I think I think it's it's written with the young reader in mind, but I think it's also, you know, any age. If you're a fan of these characters, you'll find a bunch of fun Easter eggs, you'll find little nods to the mythos, but I think at the end of the day, I wanted to write something welcoming that could bring in new readers and, and show them why these characters are so compelling and, and fascinating. I'll tell you one of the things that I love about the book, and I, I took note of it right away, I love the size of the font. Sometimes that font gets way too tiny and too many words are placed on a page. You did really well with that font. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for the typography, but yeah, the readability is super important. So Yeah, because it, that's part of the storytelling, because it's got to create a conversation so people go on and buy their own version of the book. Yeah, yeah, whatever brings people in to read and engage with the story is, is great. So where can people go to find out more about you, your books, your journeys, your tours, everything? Sure, you can find all my info at my website, alexsegura.com, and I'm very active on Twitter, at Alex underscore Segura, and Instagram, Alex Segura Jr. Man, I can't wait to talk to you again, dude. you got to come back to this show anytime. Anytime you want me, I'll be here. All right, man, you be brilliant today, okay? Thank you. Take care.